Thank you, worship team. Sang one of my favorite songs of all time, God Will Make a Way. Oh, I love that song. Love that song. Many, many years. That's one of my favorites. So thank you, guys. And welcome everybody live or live stream. The kids are making their escape. Good, good. They're, 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 they're getting out. So uh, welcome live and live stream. Those who made it live, thank you for making the effort through the cold. The cars all started. I don't know, some people had frozen pipes. and But where I'm from, this would be like spring, you know. So uh, you know, it was all so cold. I called my dad yesterday. He's like, yeah, it's like six out, you know. And it was like 26 when I talked to him. I was like, oh, I don't miss that. I don't miss that. Uh, we're watching a game yesterday. We watched some of the Bills game, and uh, they defeated the evil umpire. But anyway, the <clears throat> they I was watching, and we were watching, and I can't remember the beginning of the game. And some people we were watching, and people weren't dressed that warm. And and I can't remember who said it to me. Go, oh, it must not be that cold there. I go, it's six, and the windshield is minus six, but they're used to it there. You know, it's not a big deal. So. Yeah. Well, anyway, everybody, thanks for coming. Uh, my eyes, I'm doing. I'm gonna see a specialist. I'm gonna refer to a specialist. They're hoping to switch the lens out. So a couple months from now, it might be resolved. We'll see how things go. Uh, Joe Simon is here. Joe, your your uh, group starts. Revelation starts Tuesday. Okay, Tuesday at 11 o'clock at your house, starting with Revelation 1. So see Joe, everybody see Joe back there. He's got a group starting during the day. Uh, that's awesome. And also Trish Kinker, it, she missed the announcement, but happy birthday, Trish. Give a wave so everybody can see Trish. Yeah, happy birthday. <clears throat> happy birthday. Uh, Rob, how old is she? Don't answer, don't answer. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> He's like, you think I'm crazy? Sorry. You look very young, by the way. So, all right. Could be could be Rob's daughter. All right, well, that's as far as I'm going. All right, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Rob. I'm, I'm just I'm just kidding you. I'm kidding you. All right. Everybody always kids me. Oh, Kim could be your daughter. Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, so uh, let's see. And also, I want to say happy birthday to my aunt Mary, who watches every week or listens, watches my aunt Mary. Uh, I can say her age because my uh, she's a little younger than my dad. She turns 80 tomorrow. Happy birthday, Aunt Mary! All right, <laughs> wonderful aunt. You know she just was so funny. Some of the kids know her. She's just so funny and so great. So Aunt Mary, we love you. All right, and if you want to turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 13, Acts 13, and uh, we're going to have the verses up here also. But if you want, if you grabbed one of the green Bibles on the way in, it's page 920. Uh, and if you need a Bible, be our guest to use it, take it, keep it. You can keep it. It's our gift. And also, <clears throat> uh, if you want to hear any of the sermons that you've missed, the, the series of Acts or anything, they're all on the back of the bulletin. There's all the websites for the different ways that you can listen or watch them, okay? But the title for today is God Gives Second Chances. God Gives Second Chances, Acts 13, 13. And speaking of second chances, what came to mind as I was preparing this in the second chances was the 1996 Olympics. 1996 Olympics, and it was the gymnastics. Remember that we had that big battle, the USA versus... Russia, thank you. And we were, it was nip and tuck, and it was so close. And it came down to the one last 
competitor, Carrie Strug. Remember, it was a vault, and she was doing the vault, and uh, she, it, it, was, it, was, it was make or break, and, and, and then she said, it's too much pressure, I don't want to do it. So I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Now forget I said that. But uh, uh, she said, oh, I'm taking a dig. Yes, I am at the new generation of, you know, of athletes. Yes, I am. But she, i never forget, she did the vault, and and she had to get a really good score, or we lose the goal to the Russians. This was really big back when we, well, I guess we still are not good friends with Russia, but it was a big deal then. And, and she did the vault, and she, remember, she fell. She fell, and not only did she fall, she hurt her ankle, and, and she got a horrible score. And, but, but you get two chances on the vault. Remember? You get two chances. And it's when you run down and you jump up. Was it the call the vault? Yeah, it's a vault, right? You, you jump out. You, you, they do flips. And they hit that vault and they land. And, but she gets a second chance. Only now she's really hurt her ankle. It's really injured. Uh, and, and, and she was in all this pain. So they wrap it and they're wrapping. And she gets one last chance. She's got to nail it. But only has one good foot. So what's going to happen? Right? And... She comes down, I'll never forget, she gets the second chance, she goes down, she does the vault, she lands, remember the pain on her face, and she's, then she's on one foot, trying not to fall, she nailed it, and she's on the one foot, trying not to fall, and, and she gets an amazing score, she crumples to the mat, and the coach comes over and carries her off, she's crying, he carries her off, gold medal. It was an awesome event, but the key was she had that second chance. Even though she was wounded, she's hurt, she's you know in pain, she's afraid, she has mental health issues. Oh no, I, I gotta stop mental health issues. But but she has all that, and and I'm not downplaying mental health issues. Believe me, I, I I'm just making fun of our athletes for to, of today. But I, mental health issues are very real, and and you know I've got you know I've got my own, so I'm not mocking that. All right, those who live with me know how many I have. But anyway, the and I'm not kidding. I, you know, OCD and ADD and every other elf letter in the alphabet. All right, I've got those. So, uh, so, but, but they they carry they carry off. The key was she had a second chance, and she took advantage of her second chance. And that's what we're going to see today. That God gives second chances. Actually, He gives a lot more than a second chance, doesn't He? Luckily for us, wait till we see this. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the worship. We thank you for giving us a second chance and a third chance and a millionth chance, Lord. We just thank you for that. And, Lord, every one of us I know here needs a second chance in some way. We just pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to us. And if someone has never taken advantage of the first chance, never put their faith in Jesus Christ, that today would be that day. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so... One verse. You're gonna, this is not hard today. One verse. Uh, Acts 13, 13. They're, they're, they're on the first mission trip. Paul and Barnabas are leading this mission trip, right? We've been looking at that. And in verse 13, from Paphos, Paul and his companions sailed to Perga and Pamphylia, where John left them to return to Jerusalem. John quits. Now, we first saw John back in Acts 12, 25, 
Remember verse 25, when uh, Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, they returned from Jerusalem, taking with them John, also called Mark. So that's the first time we saw him was back uh, last chapter. They brought John back from Jerusalem with them, and they obviously included him. He came along on the first mission trip. They included him on the first mission trip, the first team, the first mission trip in the book of Acts. But he quits on them in 13, in verse 13, chapter 13, verse 13, the lucky verses, right? Uh, Why? Well, first of all, he's probably homesick, right? He's probably homesick. But there's a couple other reasons. This is back before we had airplanes and, and hotels to stay in and all that. It was rough to travel. It was rough to travel in the Roman Empire. But <clears throat> it was a lot harder than he thought. A couple other reasons. It was a lot harder than he thought. We saw last time in Cyprus there was only one convert. Remember, the proconsul, Paulus, uh, was the one convert. So it was a lot harder than he thought it was going to be. Where's the big crowds, right? And then also, <clears throat> they ran into spiritual warfare right away. Remember, they had the big showdown with the sorcerer? All right? So right away, it's, it's tough. Not many converts. There's a sorcerer. There's spiritual warfare. Also, when he signed on, back in thirteen, chapter 13, verses 1 and 2, when he signed on, who was in charge of the mission team? Barnabas. Barnabas was in charge. Uh, And Barnabas was an encouraging guy. That's what the name means, right? Encouragement. And he was an encouraging guy. And he was also family. Uh, John Mark was a cousin. And in Colossians 4.10, we see that Barnabas and John Mark are cousins. So he was his younger cousin, and, and he liked Barnabas and his encouraging guy. He was the favorite uncle, you know, that whole thing. And uh, But all of a sudden, Paul, last time we see after they get started on the trip, all of a sudden, Paul takes over. Actually, the Holy Spirit put him in charge, right? Paul, The Holy Spirit transitions the leadership of the team from Barnabas, who prepared Paul, to Paul, who's now in charge. And Paul was no Barnabas. <laughs> We read the rest of the book of Acts and you read the epistles and Paul was not Barnabas. He was not this encouraging, coddling, warm, fuzzy guy, right? Uh, he was tough. He was tough. And it's a good thing he was because look what he was called to go through. He was stoned how many times? He was, you know, shipwrecks. He was bitten by poisonous snakes. I mean, look at all he went through. There's a reason why the Holy Spirit picked Paul to be the apostles of the Gentiles and to go through all he went through. There's a reason for that. But it was tough for Mark. It had to be tough for him, right? Because it would be like if you uh, took a job, and this may have happened to you before. You, you took a job and you did an interview and you really liked the boss that you're going to have. And then you get there and a week later the boss has moved or transitioned somewhere. And you're stuck with a new boss who you don't like. He's a tough, tough boss. He, she, tough boss, right? Or maybe you join a team. You join a team. And you, you're going to go out for a certain team in school. And then what happens, though, is the coach decides, oh, i got to spend time with my family. That means the team's not very good. But I'm going to spend time with my family, right? And so uh, you're going to spend time. And then you're st- stuck with this mean new coach that's tough and doesn't like you and didn't recruit. You go to college, and it's not the coach who recruited you. It uh, happened to some of us, didn't it? All right? So uh, that, that happens. Or, or you pick a class because you hear, oh, you're in college. You pick the class. Or even in high school, you pick a class because you hear this teacher's really easy. An easy A. You're going to get an A. No problem. You don't even have to do your homework. Just show up. You don't even have to show up. Just watch on Zoom, right? Uh, that's a whole other thing. But anyway, the, the, it's an easy A, but as you 
when you get to class, it's not that teacher. That teacher turned out she was pregnant, you know, and she's off on maternity leave. And you get a new teacher who's, who, who is the toughest teacher in the school. That's kind of what happens to John Mark here. And that's why he, some of the reasons why he probably quit. Later in the book of Acts, and we're going to see this when we get to Acts chapter 15, Paul and Barnabas plan another mission trip. And guess who tries to sneak onto the boat? That snowflake, John Mark, tries to sneak onto the boat. Right? He tries to get on. And Paul says, no way. No way. He's a quitter. He quit the first trip. He's a quitter. And that wasn't the first time John Mark quit. He quit on Paul and Barnabas. But even before that, he quit on somebody even far more important. He quit on Jesus. Did you know that? In fact, it's in Mark chapter 14. In Mark chapter 14, verses 50 to 52, where he says, then, talking about Jesus here, then everyone deserted him and fled. Back when he was arrested, remember, he was arrested. A young man wearing nothing but a linen garment was following Jesus. When they seized him, he fled naked, leaving his garment behind. So they grab him and, and he, they rip off his garment as he goes and he runs away naked. The original streaker, right? And, uh, and he, he's running off. He deserted Jesus naked, you know? Uh, this, we, we know this is Mark. You know, it's pretty clear it's Mark, and I'll tell you why in a little bit here. But that, that's Mark, John Mark. That, he, he deserted Jesus. He quit on Jesus. So Paul says, strike two. This is strike one. Now you got strike two. We all know what he did with Jesus, and now he quit on us too. He's not going. But Barnabas, we're going to see later in, in Acts 15, and we're going to come at it from a different angle. But <clears throat> I'll just tell you, Barnabas digs in his heels, and he says, if John Mark doesn't go, then Barnabas doesn't go. If he doesn't get on the boat, then I won't get on the boat. I'm not going to. And Paul says, that's fine. Who needs you? You know, uh, uh, and he's, he's split. They split into two teams, and we're going to have fun with that when we get there. But Paul then takes Silas on his trip and Barnabas takes John Mark along and I'm sure Silas probably wished he had got on the boat with Barnabas instead of Paul because look what they went through you know beaten and shipwrecked and stoned and attacked and you know he's like why did I go with Barnabas right but it was a tough trip meanwhile Barnabas gives John Mark another chance, and he takes him on the mission trip with him. And two very effective teams now. The Holy Spirit, we're going to talk about that. Holy Spirit even used a negative of a split to form two effective teams and reach twice as many people. God works everything out for the good, doesn't he? And this time, John Mark doesn't quit. He doesn't quit this time. Under his cousin Barnabas' mentoring and gentle touch, John Mark matures into a faithful disciple. A faithful disciple. In fact, years later, listen to what Paul calls John Mark in Philemon 1.24, where he says, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greeting, as do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. He went from that quitting snowflake to my fellow worker, my fellow worker. And, and not only that, at the end of his life, Paul writes from prison to Timothy. 
And he tells him in 2 Timothy 4.11, this is what he says to Timothy, only Luke is with me. He's like, everybody's deserted me. He says, only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you. Why? Because he is helpful to me in my ministry. He became very valuable to Paul. Wow, huh? And the most amazing outcome of the second chance that God gives John Mark, and this is really amazing, God picks him to write the fourth gospel. He writes the fourth gospel, the gospel of Mark. It's that Mark. He, he, he picks him. And, and that's why it's so interesting that in the book of Mark, Mark includes his quitting on Jesus, running away naked. He includes that. He doesn't name himself because that's a, a literary style they would use at that time. You don't use your actual name when it's you. But, uh, but we, we know it was Mark, John Mark. He, 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 he picks him to, pick, to, to write the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amazing. He fills him with the Holy Spirit in a powerful way. He, he, he inspires him with the word of God. The Holy Spirit filled him in a powerful way, and he, he wrote the inspired word of God. In fact, that's what it says in 1 Peter 1, in 1 Peter 1, 20 and 21. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. But for prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men... But, but prophets, though, um, this is a different version. Okay, I'm using my other version that I memorized. But prophets, through, though humans, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. That he, he was, people who, the prophets and the apostles, and when they would write the, the scriptures, the Holy Spirit was moving in them powerfully. It's not even their words. He uses a human instrument, but it's the Holy Spirit speaking. And that's what happened, how we got the book of Mark, because that's what happened with, with Mark. And all because Barnabas stuck with him. God gave him another chance, and Barnabas stuck with him. If that didn't happen, we would have, you know, it'd be Matthew uh, uh, Philip. Or, you know, maybe Barnabas would have been stuck writing it. Who knows? You know, the Gospel of Barnabas. Who Who knows? Right? God would have had to use someone else to write that, that book because it was a very important... Uh, we preached through the book of Mark. Remember, it took a couple of years through that. Very important gospel. But all because God gave him a second chance and Barnabas stuck with him. God gives second chances. Say it with me. God gives second chances. And that to everyone, God gives second chances. Maybe you need a second chance today. Maybe you're here today and you need a second chance if you're breathing we do need a second chance don't we we all do we need second chances maybe you need a thousandth chance <laughs> maybe it's the ten thousandth chance we all need that don't we maybe you have quit on god maybe you have backslidden in your faith fallen back in your faith maybe you've quit the ministry that god called you to to do whether it's 
ministry full-time or just some ministry in a church or some ministry somewhere. Maybe you quit with God. Maybe you've stopped praying for someone. You've given up on praying for someone. Maybe you gave up on a, a, a temptation, a sin struggle, and you've just given up on it. And nobody here, right? Uh, none of us would do that, would we? Or maybe you've given up. Maybe you've given up on your diet. Maybe you've given up as a, a, a dad on your kids or a, a, a husband on your marriage or a wife on your marriage. Maybe you've given up. Maybe you've given up on Bible study. Maybe you've given up on your spiritual growth that God has called you to grow in. Uh, you fill in the bank blanks. Maybe we've given up. Maybe God called us to give something up, and we and we gave up on that. We've gone back to it. You know, nobody here, but you might know someone like that, right? Uh, it, but listen, it's never too late to come back to God. This is what this verse, Acts thirteen thirteen, John Mark quitting. This is what this verse teaches us. It's never too late. Hebrews four fourteen to sixteen. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us not, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace. To help us in our time of need. We can always come back to the throne of grace. To find mercy which is forgiveness. And then be given grace. The strength. The spiritual power. To keep moving forward in our faith. It's never too late. To get back on the horse. I tell people all the time. Get back on the horse. With me, it was get back on the pony. Uh, growing up, uh, I didn't ride the horse as much. I, I, when I was little, I had a pony. I love my pony. His name was Bullet. Boy, was he fast. Well, if he's aimed toward the corn crib, he was fast. He was obsessed with corn. He, uh, he, had, a, he had a stronghold in his life. It was corn. And he... Uh, <laughs> And, and uh, I suffered because of that. So he, whatever I would ride, I was determined. To, I was like seven or eight, you know, and I was determined. I was like, I'm going to train this pony. I'm going to ride this pony. But he, he did not want to be ridden. He just wanted corn. So as soon as you got him out and started getting him ready, he would actually puff off his belly. You ever had that happen with him? He would he'd puff, out, he'd puff out his belly. You know, we suck ours in. He'd puff his out. So when I'm putting the saddle on, I get it cinched and tight. And then I get on top, and he'd he laugh. And he'd go like this, and the saddle would go right underneath. And I'd be hanging out underneath the pony, you know. And he'd be running off, you know. I've got to get out of there. And he'd be running off to the corn crib. Uh, or he, he, he knew where the lowest branches were. And what he could, his pony was smart and stubborn, but I was more stubborn. He would aim, he would be, I'd be riding him, you know, on my little saddle. And, and he'd, he'd aim for the tree branch that just cleared. He'd tuck his head down and scrape me off. And I'd grab the branch and I'm hanging there. And, he, and he's at the corn crib again. And he had a bridle in his mouth. He's eating corn with a bridle in his mouth. That's not easy to be. He's upset. Stronghold. All right? And he, he, uh, he, and I'd be running over to get him again. And even when I rode the sulky, anybody know what a sulky is? The two-wheel thing that you, you see him race? I had my own sulky with my pony. And, and we'd be riding around. And I'll never forget, I was coming down, coming 
from down the lane up toward the barns and near the corn crib. And, and all of a sudden, bullet took off like a bullet. And he, and he went right between. There was a hay baler and another piece of machinery. He, he could just squeeze through there, but the sulky couldn't squeeze through there. And he knew it. And I, he, he went zooming through and he, he knocked off the sulky and the, the harnesses were snapping off. And he kept running right to the corn crib. And here I am smashed into the baler upside down laying on my back with the sulky on top of me. And it was like, you know, ooh, I was mad. I was mad. I was mad. Sometimes I, well, I mean, I'm not going to tell you what I did on the farm. But anyway, the, he could knock me off. <laughs> no, he survived. He, he could knock me. I'm going to tell the story. So uh, <clears throat> I finally outgrew my pony and I gave it to my sister. I probably shouldn't tell the story, but I gave it to my little sister, Kelly. And she loved the pony. It was her pony, and she loved him, and was just all gaga over this pony. And but but you know, I would tease my little sister sometimes, and she wouldn't show me the when she didn't show me the proper respect. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, so I was I was teasing her, and and she was uh, we were having a fight about something, or I can't remember. We were having a fight, but they, she was getting ready to go on vacation with my parents. My parents were taking the youngest ones. They left the older ones. We were now like teenagers and we were in charge and my sister was a lot younger and and we were arguing about something i said okay just for that when you go on vacation with mom and dad i'm gonna kill your pony and she's like you won't kill it i'm not gonna feed it you go home it won't be i'm gonna kill i'm gonna i'm not it's gonna be dead when you get home and i'm just joking around right you know and this pony was old by now and and so she goes off on she goes you wouldn't dare and she goes off on vacation with my parents and while she's gone the pony Died. <laughs> died. I went out to the barn to feed it corn, and it was dead. It was dead. I couldn't believe my luck. And so I said, I, I, so she she gets home, and I'll never forget. She gets out of the car, and she runs for the pony pen because she loves this pony. She's obsessed with the pony. It was a stronghold. Maybe she's obsessed. And, and she comes running here and I go out with her and I'll never forget. It was just like one of those Hallmark movies. You know, I was standing next to her and she's like, you know, a little, you know, seven, whatever she was staring at the pony, trying to absorb the shock of it. And I came up next to her and I'm just kind of next to her. I was sharing the moment with her and Hallmark movie. And I said, See, I told you I'd kill it. <laughs> she went running in my fear crying. She still believes. I kept telling her. I was just joking. I didn't kill your wife. She still believes I killed it to this day. But anyway. Uh, no, I really didn't. I really didn't. I wanted to kill that pony many times. But I didn't. But listen, this pony would knock me off every way you can imagine. This pony was brutal with me. Brutal. But you know what? I always got back on that pony. The only, the only creature on that farm more stubborn than Bullet who wanted his corn was me, Chucky. I, was a, a, I, was, I always got back on that pony. He did not beat me. He hurt me a lot, but he did not beat me. I, got, I kept riding that pony every day. And that is a picture of our faith battle, isn't it? We are going to get knocked down by all kinds of things. We're going to get beat down we're going to feel like giving up we're going to quit we're going to go not give up. we're going to all that we're going to face trials in our life that are just going to really test our faith and test our trust in God 
That's going to happen, but we have to keep getting back on the horse. Keep getting back on the pony. And, 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 and the great thing is that no matter, even if we're fall, jumping off the horse and we're falling off on our own, God gives second chances. He gives second chances and thousandth chances, right? Do we give those? Do we give second chances? Who have we given up on? Who have we given up on? Do, maybe we need to give somebody a second chance in our life or in our church. Do we need to dial down on our Paul mode and, and get in touch with our inner Barnabas? Do you know what I'm talking about? Maybe we're in the Paul mode and we've got to get in touch with our inner Barnabas and, and be encouraging. Uh, God gives second chances. And, and a great, I was, uh, this is another story, a sports story that came to mind when I was doing this. It was a, a, a coach who gives second chances. It, and uh, some of you may, nobody remembers, but some of you have re- read this. It was 1929. Anybody remember 1929? Uh, the Rose Bowl, Georgia Tech versus the University of California. And during the game, Roy Regals, now, some of you know what I'm talking about. Roy Regals recovered a fumble for California, and he ran the wrong way. Wrong way, Regals. Some of you might remember hearing that. And he ran almost into the end zone, but one of his teammates tackled him right before he got into the end zone. One of his own teammates tackled him. And then they were stuck deep you know, on the one-yard line, and then they finally had to punt it. They couldn't get out of there. And when they went to punt it, the punt was blocked. And the other team uh, got a safety. Um, uh, they got a safety. The uh, 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 Georgia Tech got the safety. And, and so they got two points, which ended up being the winning margin. During halftime, the Cal team was in the, the locker room and nobody was talking. Because now they're in a hole, and which they never quite got out of, but but they were the coach was very quiet. Regals was sitting in the corner with a blanket over his head, and he was crying like a baby. The coach was very quiet, and he just said, "Men, Coach Price," he said, "Men." The same team that started the first half will start the second. Everybody got up and went back out in the field, except Roy. The coach said, Roy, didn't you hear me? He said, Coach, I couldn't face that crowd in that stadium to save my life. Coach Price put his hand on Roy's shoulder and said, Roy, get up and go back out there. The game is only half over. Those who watched the game couldn't believe how he played. He was a demon out there. He played the second half of his life. Crazy. They, they didn't come back and win, though. They lost by two points. By two points. Was that important? Is that important? You see, the key isn't 
the outcome of our life. The key isn't the outcome, the, what we accomplish, the statistics. The, the, that's not the key. It's not the outcome. It's the inward. It's the inside character, the transformation. That's the key. And thank God we have a coach just like that coach price. We have a coach called Jesus. We have a coach called Jesus. And and he he gives us many chances. And he's there every step of the way. Hebrews 12:1 to 3 says this, therefore since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. This is a sporting event. Paul's describing an Olympic event stadium event and he's comparing that olympic event stadium event sporting event to our our faith battles that we face therefore since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us persevering the word race in greek is Agon, it's where we get the word agony. It's hard. But the key is, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame. Fixing our eyes on our coach and persevering. Because we have a coach just like Coach Bryce. We have a coach just like that. And in our, our getting back to our faith, our getting back in the game may not change the consequences that we've created. But it, what it will do, it, it will change us. And that's the whole point. It will change us. It will change our hearts. It will change our, our, it will change our eternity. Eternity decided by us getting back in that game and playing for Jesus. Our eternity. Will we take the second chance God is offering us? Every one of us. Wouldn't, you like, wouldn't we all like to change something? What we can change is getting back to following Jesus. Will we take that second chance? Will we get back on that pony? Will we go back to persevering through the trials or struggles that we're facing? What do we need to do? What specifically do we need to do to make that change? What step? Who do we need to talk to? Who do we need to ask for forgiveness from? What do we need to get rid of in our life? What change, concrete changes, do we have to make that decision that will make an eternal consequence? And maybe, maybe you're here today and you can't take the second chance because you never acted on the first chance. Every one of us has to act on the first chance that God has given us because he gave his son Jesus to die for us. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal 
life. God has given us all a chance to have a brand new life, to spend eternity with him, to have our sin washed away, our shame taken away. Every one of us can act on that by putting our faith in Jesus Christ. But that's the first chance. We can't get the second chances until we act on the first chance. Have you ever put your faith in Jesus, given your life to Jesus, asked him to to, to forgive your sin? And to give you a brand new life because he's paid for that sin on the cross. He died on that, the cross to pay for our sin. He died on the cross to break sin's power, to break Satan's power, to break the world's power, to break the flesh, the power of the flesh. He did that to break that power and give us a brand new life in Jesus Christ. Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? Let's pray. Have you ever acted, taken that first chance, put your faith in Jesus Christ, asked him for a brand new life? No matter what you've done in your life, it can be washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus said it is finished. Whatever it is, it can be finished, forgiven. By his death on that cross. And then you can have a brand, every one of us can have a brand new life because of his resurrection from the dead. It's proof that we can have a brand new life. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. Maybe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. Calling you. To put your faith in Jesus Christ, calling you to be washed clean of sin, calling you to have brand new life in Jesus with purpose and joy. You can trade the emptiness and the shame for purpose and peace. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Do you want that life? It doesn't start when you get to heaven. It starts the moment you give your life to Jesus. The moment you put your trust in his death and resurrection. You can have that life right now. By surrendering your life. The simple prayer of faith. God, I don't want the sin anymore. I don't want the garbage. I don't want the world anymore. I don't want the lies anymore. I want Jesus. I turn my back on all that and I follow Jesus. I put my faith in Jesus. I give my life to Jesus. If you have prayed that prayer of faith, then the Holy Spirit is in you. God's Spirit is in you and making you into a brand new creation in Jesus.
your life will never be the same. You will never be able to enjoy sin again. Oh, you could still sin, but you won't enjoy it. You will never find fulfillment in, in that lie again. You will have the Holy Spirit's conviction and leading, leading you to a whole different life. That if you follow that leading, you will have fulfillment and joy and peace and purpose. And if you have prayed that prayer of faith, I want to encourage you to tell somebody before this day is done, maybe a family member, maybe a friend, maybe a Christian co-worker, tell me on the way out, fill out the card, stick in the box, tell somebody. For those of us who are already Christians, we've already put our faith in Christ, but maybe we, definitely we need another chance, don't we? In some area of our life, we need another chance. Will we take advantage of that this morning? Will we surrender whatever needs to be surrendered? Will we get back on the pony? Will we get the help and encouragement that we need? Talk to me. Talk to someone. We'll get you connected. No matter what you're struggling with, there's 10 people here that are also struggling with that too. Father, I pray that everyone here and everyone who's listening, watching this would put our eyes on Coach Jesus and persevere and take this second chance. And someday look back on this moment, someday in eternity, looking back on this moment and say, taking that second chance made all the difference in my life. And Father, I pray that if there's someone in our life that we need to give a second chance, that we have to show mercy and grace to, you would lead us to them. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.